0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You
0: can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax.
1: Peter Dowd on the Irish Gardener.com uh, joining us on a very, very sunny Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? Uh, I'm very well and enjoying this wonderful weather, but I'm wondering what is it doing to the gardens?
2: <laughs> well, I think it's going to be a voyage of discovery. It's just glorious at the moment, so I think we need to enjoy it. But it's, um, it's kind of uncharted territory, really, for us, isn't it? I mean, we've had hot, hot periods before, but I don't recall, uh, like, I don't know how extended it's going to be, but certainly a week or two of close on 30 degrees in some parts so it's uh, I mean I don't uh, I don't imagine it'll last too long I think we should just enjoy it I, I I was bold enough myself to go away last week as you know when I came back to wilting hydrangeas and plants under stress um so they have needed a soaking but um, we all have to we do have to be conscious of course of the amount of water we're using I know there's no restrictions or hosepipe bans yet but I mean we still have to be sensible about it and and uh, and try not to waste water not that I think watering plants is wasting water, but um, we do have to be careful. I think being, being very specific on what we water, uh, we certainly shouldn't be out there watering lawns or anything like that, they'll be fine. But if you've planted anything newly in the and what I mean by new here is in the last 12 months, they will need watering bedding plants will need watering vegetable edible plants will need watering but it is important to be specific on what we're watering at the moment and not just drenching the whole garden
1: Okay all right. I'm keeping a very close eye on my tomatoes which are just glorious this year I'm just waiting for them to go red Uh, but anyway we'll hang in there Okay we sent an an email on to you that came in from Anne who sent us a picture of one of her apples she said Peter please have a look the apples grow beautifully and then this happens thanking you and it's a picture of of an apple that looks fine size and all of that, but then it's ugh, gone rotten.
2: Yeah, and it's quite a common problem, really, Trish. It's just called brown rot, which is kind of a very descriptive way of of, of how it looks or term for how it looks. And lots of people will I mean they can't see the photograph, but listening, if it's if, if many people will resonate with it when they it's a perfectly formed apple, it's grand, and then there's this patch of brown fungal looking growth in it and you know desperate looking and it is a bit of a problem as I say it's quite common but it is a problem it's a fungal infection and uh, it it comes, it, it gets into the apple, the fruit of the apple normally well not normally but always actually through a wound so a wound could be a bird pecking at a wasp making a hole in it, the coddling moth nesting in it, uh, anything that makes a physical wound in that fruit. And then this uh, the, the fungal spores get in and it starts rotting. And it, it, spreads, it spreads very, very easily and quickly, unfortunately. So if there's apples touching, if there's another fine apple touching that apple, it'll spread into it quite quickly. But also, and perhaps more importantly, you know, if if that rotten apple is rubbing against the bark, the spores can get into the bark uh, and, and start forming canker, cankerous growth, which is more problematic. The The only thing to do with it really is, is what we call cultural control, which is a, a kind of a fancy way of saying to, to get rid of any of the diseased apples. So you, you have to be quite diligent, go out there and, and remove any of those apples, which show signs of that brown rot uh, into the compost bin. Um, not your own compost bin, actually, because that, that probably wouldn't get hot enough. You, you know, actually, the rule, I'm going back to my college days now, the rule book says with, when you have brown rot in an apple, if you're burying it in your own garden, you need to go at least a foot a foot deep. Um, but if you're putting it in a, a kind of your brown bin, the local authority compost bin, that should be OK. Uh, or That is OK. Um, but it is quite important to remove them because it will only spread in the tree and make it much, much worse.
1: Okay, so be careful with that. Breathe in Mallow said, Would you please ask Peter, what is the gentlest weed killer I could use in between my patio slabs? Something has self seeded in between them and it's in a terrible mess at the moment.
2: I wish we didn't have this question, Trish. <laughs> because I I the gentlest or the most gentle weed killer, it's a very difficult one to answer. And as you know, I don't I don't um recommend the use of any weed killers really. However, one has to be practical about things. too, like, you know, in that situation. So, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to give a recommendation as such. But I'll just give my my knowledge, such as it is. Right, and that is that ninety percent of the weed killers on the market do contain uh, glyphosate, which is you know, the one that everybody is anti at the moment. Now. There, there's one world organisation, I'll get this wrong, but you've something like the WHO and then you have another United Nations body or another EU body which are conflict giving conflicted opinions on this. One is saying it's probably carcinogenic and one is saying it probably isn't carcinogenic. So, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. I don't claim to know the answer. I don't use it myself anyway, uh, glyphosate. But then you look at some of the marketed as organic and eco-friendly weed killers, but they contain acetic acid, which is T1I is vinegar, which is actually far more damaging, or maybe not far more damaging, but it is very, very damaging to the soil as well. So I wouldn't be fooled by one that claims to be organic and and these things, number one, they're not very effective in the long-term and number two, they can be causing just as much damage. So the glyphosate based ones, which is in Roundup and it's it's not just Roundup, as I say, it's in 90% of the weed killers that are out there is very effective it's safety i think you'd have to do your own homework on it all yeah. i'll say is i don't use it but uh, it's it's up to yourself after that
1: okay yeah uh, it, it really is okay could you advise please what is the best apple tree to buy now i don't have a garden but i'm hoping to grow apples in a large container thanking you okay well if
2: you're growing them in a large container or a pot that's very doable now if, apropos of what we were just talking about if something's growing in a pot uh, it will need plenty of water because it can't get its own water from the depths of the soil, obviously. So you will need to pay attention to watering anything that's growing in containers. Um, and not just during periods of this extreme heat, but but like any dry period, you would have to keep them well watered or the fruit will drop. Um, in terms of what to go for, it's not so much the variety that that's important here, it's actually the root stock. And without boring it too much, Trish, the root stock is what determines the the overall height and spread of a plant, of the, the apple tree in this case. Um, and without going into the, the, the actual technical details of it, basically what you're looking for is what's called a dwarfing rootstock. So that's, a, as it sounds, a root system uh, that that will never grow, that will produce a plant that will never grow too high, normally under, always under six feet, um, often three to six feet. Um, and then different varieties are grafted onto that rootstock. So the variety can, is irrelevant. It, it depends on the rootstock. Uh, there are dwarf apple trees sold as a brand name Coronet in Ireland. Which are, which are all grown up and around County Wexford there, I think by Springfield Nurseries, um, which are very dwarfing and ideal for growing in a pot. So if you can find a coronet apple tree, as I say, the variety doesn't matter. If the coronet is, is in the name, it means it'll be dwarf and suitable for growing in a pot. So they'd be the ones I'd look for.
1: Okay. Hi, uh, Peter. This is Jack in Wilton. Gladiolas. Should I take them up? Take up the bulbs after flowering. They're flowering very well at the moment. Or do I leave the bulbs in the ground over winter?
2: I'll give you the textbook answer and (laughs) I'll give you my answer. (laughs) text. The the textbook answer is yes. Uh, Treat them as you would the spring bulbs just later in the year, obviously. So let the flower and the foliage all die off and go brown and let all the goodness go back into that bulb. But then lift them out of the ground probably around kind of September time, maybe October time. Then lift them out of the ground store them, wrap them in a bit of newspaper or something like that, keep them cool and dry uh, until planting out again in February time, February, March, April. Um, that's the textbook answer. My answer is I'm a lazy gardener as you well know Trish and I, <laughs> and you, I, I leave them in the garden. You do it with the
1: daffodil and, bulbs as well.
2: <laughs> yes exactly so like with the gladiolas they're, they're not as definite definitely as the daffodils but they, if you leave let's say 20 in the ground you might get 19 or 18 back up next year and it will dwindle every year. But it's uh, so I always just I leave them in the ground, as I say, because I'm lazy and I, I top them up with a few extras each year. OK,
1: okay. good luck. Good luck with that, Jack. OK, hi, uh, Peter Imelda. Could you ask Peter the name of the plant whose leaves look like the nettle plant? He showed the plant at the Mallow Garden Festival and on his advice, I purchased the same. I'm happy to say the bees absolutely love it. I just don't know the name of it.
2: Well, I don't know. Is this the same question, or was it a different person was asking a similar question? Uh, the last time I was on with you, and it was agastache, which is the, the licorice root, uh, and 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 I I was showing it in the Mallow Garden Festival, and it's a fantastic plant for bees and and butterflies. And I got it from Green Man Dave. You know that's obviously not his real name, but that's that's what he calls himself on social media, and I can't for the life of me remember his name. But if you search for him, he has a he has a a plant centre down in West Cork and I'm sure he sells online. So I'm sure a quick Google or Facebook search for Green Man Dave would bring him up. But Agastache is the name is of the, the plant. Name.
1: OK, this is from James in Churchfield. Could you ask Peter, when is the best time to plant a hedge?
2: Um, I would say not now, James, anyway, because of the drought. So, But most hedges... Or sorry many hedges now are grown in pots so they're containerized so that means you can grow them 12 months of, or plant them 12 months of the year but obviously in periods of extreme drought or extreme dry periods i wouldn't plant anything because you're just giving yourself the headache of watering okay um but then you still have traditionally all plants were grown in this way which is bare root that's before the onset of plastic pots and things like that so uh, i suppose 50 years ago and more everything was grown bare root uh, and we had nurseries as opposed to garden centres and they could only lift stuff during the dormant period of the year, which is November to, to March, if you like. And I think it's probably still the best time to plant uh, and hedges and trees are probably the last thing now to be still grown bare root. Uh, and it is it is uh, cost effective and sensible, I think, to buy them bare root at that time of the year because they are much, much cheaper. Uh, and you're planting at a time of the year when you're not going to be as as conscious of watering because nature is taking care of it. The soil temperature is still warm in the autumn so I would say the best time if you're going bare root, the only time in fact if you're doing bare root is sometime between November and, and early March I would say.
1: Okay Deirdre in Mayfield is growing sunflowers I'm assuming for the first time this year uh, she said in the last two days due to the heat they seem to have dried up and they look newly dead and she said she has been keeping an eye on them and she has been watering them but she said the very same thing happened last month when we had the heat wave but then they came back to life and looking stunning again she's wondering will it will they come back again this time or do sunflowers just naturally die off at this time of the year
2: well she doesn't say where well, did they flower did she say no, they're flowered. The, that, yeah. they flowered yeah, yeah
1: they flowers they're just drooping over and looking practically dead
2: well okay yeah i mean the the thing is the, the lack of they, they are an annual plant so once they produce their flowers and set their seeds that's the end of their life cycle now again this this intense heat is expediting their demise if you like so i would keep watering them because you do want those seeds to set properly you don't want the plant to die off completely so if it's one like in my own situation where they haven't flowered yet uh, i just keep watering them and and, and mulch around the base of them with with good organic matter to keep moisture around the root zone Uh, but water them uh, keep them well staked if in this case they have flowered and they're just dying off, you're not going to get another flower from them. You might get a few small ones, but it is still quite important to keep them alive just so that that the seeds develop properly and ripen properly. So I would keep watering them, yeah.
1: And Anne is growing grapes. Uh, She said some of them are gone brown. Any advice, please? It's never happened before. So she's obviously grown grapes in the past.
2: Yes, it's, it's, it's going to be a similar rot to the one I spoke about at the start of your, your piece here, Trish, about the brown rot on apples. It's similar with the grapes. It's a, it's a fungal infection. Um, I would say really the best thing and the only thing to do is get out there. And it might be heartbreaking to do it, but get out there with the secretaries and remove any of the bunches that have this uh, brown rot on them. Um, might be no or would be no harm then with the grapes to give it a, a drench with, with copper sulfate mixed with water which is a broad spectrum fungicide uh, it's certified for use organically so it is safe if you're going to be eating them but but only about once a year would i use it maximum um uh, but that's what it that's what it is
1: and then finally teresa is growing rhubarb for the first time this year any advice please
2: keep it well watered (laughs) Um, uh, and keep it well watered obviously well at the moment it's it's dormant enough anyway but um later in the year or even now give it a mulch like i just mentioned with organic matter any good organic material and this is this is a good tip for all plants at the moment and in years to come i suppose we will be be facing more of these periods uh there are ways to counteract drought and drying out and one of these is mulching so mulching is just applying an organic matter Uh, It could be homemade compost, it could be bark, it could be soil, it could be farmyard manure, seaweed, any organic material around the base of the plant. If you put a few inches of that now around your rhubarb or any plant, it will just, it's not not magic, but it will reduce the amount of water lost from the soil through evaporation. So that's a very good tip. And during the, the rhubarb, the more you feed rhubarb, the better it's going to do. Give it a good sunny position. And I would feed it with either, as I say, a mulch of seaweed during the winter months, or or a liquid seaweed feed so keep it well fed keep it I would say good and sunny uh, and really once you do get it established it kind of takes care of itself then
1: Mm. and I have to say it's it's my favourite jam is rhubarb jam I think it's absolutely I do like it I must say love it okay as always uh, Peter thank you for that enjoy the fine weather and uh, thank you for joining us Uh, good afternoon to you thank you for that that is uh, Peter Dowdell of dot com.
0: (laughs)